Welcome to Kick Back with Chris. Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 26 of Kickback with Chris, the martial arts podcast. Hope you've all had a great week so far. Uh, so today, we're going to be going back to our regular format. Uh, I know it's been a while. Uh, it's, we had quite a sort of, I don't know, disjointed, I suppose, end to 2018. Um, not through anything overly bad for the majority, but, you know, just busy times, busy, busy times. So back on it now. Uh, I've got a game plan. We've got a nice, nice ever-growing list of guests and things to talk about over the coming months. So... Um, today I am going to be later on joined with Mr. Craig Smith, um, who's going to. We actually had a chat earlier on today. Uh, it's a good good conversation about a number of different topics. I actually, learned some stuff about him that I didn't actually know. So that's always a good thing, a positive side to doing these podcasts. Uh, but now I've known him for a number of years now. First visited him. We actually do touch on this in a podcast, but uh, first bit visited him back when I actually ran a uh, a small uh, media company. Um, the focus on it was producing. Um, promos for martial arts schools as back before sort of facebook live well it wasn't back before facebook live existed but there was it was back before people were really jumping on board with using their phones for facebook and i was putting together video clips uh, for them to use on youtube and then facebook and and i don't i don't think it was as far back as myspace but anyway um i went to his school to to do a promotional video for him fantastic fantastic facilities but we'll touch on that a little bit later on um as always we will be having our weekly mat chat with matthew chapman um, I'll talk a little bit about that one later on. Uh, but what we're going to do, first of all, is get straight into some news, uh, things that have been going on. A bit of a mixed bag today. Uh, first thing that I am going to do, actually, is get the uh, promotion group up open on my laptop. I'm actually recording this from home today. Uh, one of the things that I'm trying to do is spend a little bit less time in the office and in the studio. Um, so I thought I'd bring my work home. But no, I've got a little microphone set up, so hopefully it all sounds good. Um, so I'm just going to load this up now on the screen because it's really cool people have started using the podcast promotion group again for you if you're listening in and you don't know what i'm talking about um if you head over to facebook and do a search for uh, podcast martial arts event promotion it's actually a little group i've got with an ever-growing list a couple of hundred people in there now and um, it's there for you guys to share what you're doing so i can tell people so get it used which some of you have been so we're going to start off with mr Stuart usher um who has jumped on there to let us know about and if you can hear the noise in the background ever the pro i've just remembered i've left the tumble dryer on but that's all good we'll leave it going but yes sorry about that guys uh so the now there's a lot of letters in this so you're gonna have to bear with me <laughs> groups that use lots of letters don't do it please because it's really hard for me to say but the bta and ufkkwa worldwide multi-style martial arts training weekend got through it there um on may the 10th and the 13th in great yarmouth uh they're going to be doing it 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 looks to be one of these um sort of family orientated uh week training weekends where you can go along and you know train with different martial arts and for for all the martial arts uh, families out there that have one side of the couple that doesn't train and you have kids they, they can go off and do the swimming and all the other stuff and the other person can do all the beating up and fighting that we love. <laughs> so it's, it's a good workaround. Um, so that's going off on, let me see, the uh, May the 10th and the 13th. So if you get in touch, I'm guessing if you get in touch with Stuart Usher, uh, 
or the British Taekwondo Association, you'll be able to work out things with them. Uh, the next one we've got here is uh, from Claire King, who I actually am going to be liaising with um, to try and get on the show at some point. Um, she's organising an event, the uh, Southwest Martial Arts and Wellbeing. Is it show? Yes, it is. It's martial arts show. Um, and the post, they've posted the details in there. So if you get, I've actually mentioned this before on the podcast, but that is going on. Now, I remember the last time I talked about this, I found it quite hard to get information about when it was, when it's going on. It's just 2019. I'm just clicking on their Facebook group now, which right on cue is refusing to load. I think the best thing to do is if you pop on to um, their Facebook group, which is listed as the Southwest Martial Arts Show and Well, self, start again, the Southwest Martial Arts and Wellbeing show 2019 if you jump on there um you should be able to find the details somewhere i'm having a hard time finding them at the minute but um yeah go on there and have a look if you're interested in getting involved with that one and the next thing we have is the ian abernethy and andrew reeston seminar on sunday the 17th of february 1130 um the, he's actually andrew's actually posted this in the group i'm just going to click into it now um now let's have a look sometimes i get these and i realize it's way too much to read uh, oh no no that's not too bad um so it says i have the pleasure of once again hosting and teaching alongside ian abernethy at uh, on sunday the 17th of february of 2019 the seminar will be held at north solihull sports center conway road chelmsley wood and then the postcode is b375la uh be looking for some sections from chinto or so it's, it's a big list of stuff they're going to be doing so uh it looks like it's going to be focused on kata so if you uh, are interested in going along get onto their facebook group um the event is let me see what it's called it's just listed as ian abernethy and andrew reeson seminar so go check that one out let me see there was a couple of others as well um so Dell Sampson's been on to promote the Quan British Open Championships 2019. Uh, big poster on there with all the information. Um, they have a look pre-registered before first uh, of the fourth 2019 to claim discounted early bird rates. So there you go. Good reason to get on that one early. Uh, I'm just looking for the date of the actual event. So it's Sunday, 5th of May, uh, 2019 at the Wolverhampton Racecourse. So go check that one out. I believe he posted another one. Yes, he did, actually. I'll do this one as the last one. Uh, also uh, on there, the Quan Grand Slam. So the, it's listed as the KGS, which is obviously Quan Grand Slam. I realised that once I started saying it. Um, oh, there's multiple dates here. So the 20th of January, day after my birthday, if you're listening. Uh, 17th of March and the 9th of June. Uh, and again, there's details on there of how you can pre-register. Uh, both those events seem to be, yep, they do have the same website, which is www.quan.com onsportmartialarts.com and actually getting better at saying the www thing now because it's really hard to say you can't say three w's dot because it just sounds stupid um a little bit more recent now this one this is actually just today when i've been scouting around facebook i've noticed um the uh, some of you are probably aware that uh, last year because we actually t- we actually talked about it a little bit last year uh, Bob Sykes, Paul Barnett, and Craig Smith, and I think there was somebody else I can't remember, but um, there was other people involved as well. Uh, they were in the process of launching an online magazine. Well, that's actually now sort of migrated, sort of changed uh, to become a an online sort of live video format now. Um, and they've called it Martial Arts Live. Now, Bob actually did a couple of um, Facebook Lives to promote it. 
Um, so if you're interested in that, uh, go check Bob's uh, Facebook group or Facebook page, let's say. They've also got, I'm just going to double check now before I say this. I don't want to say it wrong. Martial Arts Live, I think it's listed as. I'm just checking now. Martial Arts Live. It doesn't come up when I <laughs> it doesn't come up when I type that just to be a pain. But no, I'm absolutely sure. I'm actually going to go on Bob's page. Actually, go on Bob's Bob Sykes. There we go. Um, yeah, because he's been posting videos in here. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that it's listed as martial arts life. Anyway, go and have a look at, at Bob's. Um, Facebook page, and you'll be able to find it out on there. Um, but from what I can make out, they're going to be doing um, Facebook Live interviews, training tips, um, and also inviting people to send in their own clips to be included. Uh, so making making use of the sort of social media format initially um, to get things going, which is, which is a really cool idea. Um, on to some, some different things now. So uh, I've been looking forward to this one for a while. And as most of you will know, I'm into my martial arts movies. Now, more recently, I'll be honest with you, I've been so busy with everything else. It's not that my interest in martial arts films has sort of waned, but, you know, I'm busy with my family, with my multiple different business things that I've got going on. I just don't get time. And also, <laughs> my memory is getting so bad. So I'll see a trailer for something and go, oh, that looks really good. And then I completely forget that it's coming out. And then, you know, years later, I'll notice. Uh, but no, a good friend of mine... Um, actually posted it was uh, who was it posted it was actually Mike Leader that posted it on, on Facebook um, and it reminded me of this film that I'd seen the trailer for now um, it's renamed The Bouncer for uh, the US and I think European release as well I'd say European uh, British release uh, originally it was called Lucas um, and it's a really it, well it looks like a really good and um, gritty uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme film now uh, I, I know that uh, most people will remember him for his um, 90s movies, uh, but more recently he's been doing some really sort of hard-hitting, sort of gritty films, and this one looks absolutely awesome. I, I'm going to link the trailer in the show notes, and I urge you to go check it out because it looks like a fantastic film, uh, and one that I am really looking forward to. Uh, again, I prompted me because I saw the trailer posted uh, to go and look at it, so, so go check it out. Really good film. The last thing I'm going to touch on before we go to our interview with Craig is uh, I've actually been working my way through um, the Mitmaster Level 1 syllabus. Now, uh, I came into 2019 keen to sort of um, develop my own training. I actually, towards the back end of 2018, um, I started training with a friend of mine at his school in Catterick. And, you know, learning some different systems of martial arts, completely different to what I train in at the minute, just to sort of further develop my own skills and, you know, get back to the reason that I got involved with martial arts initially, which was my own training to learn cool stuff um, and to have fun with it as well and obviously to keep fit. Um, so I wanted to carry that on into the new year and I thought, well, what can I do? Well, as you all know, I'm into online training platforms. I've got multiple um, uh, different courses that I run at the minute. So I, I spoke to Matt, and uh, I'm actually currently myself working my way through um, the Mitmaster Level 1 training to uh, to qualify in, in Matt's system, uh, pad holding system. And, um, well, what I'm going to do, what I'll say, I've started on it, and I'm over the, the next... However long it takes me, I'm going to share that that little journey with you. Um, but you know, straight away, what I can say is, if, you, if you're thinking about doing it, go check it out. It's really good. I'll link it in the show notes. 
um, something a little bit different to to sort of get into. And then obviously the skills that I'm learning through the online course, I am then being able to put straight back into my, my classes. Uh, first thing I did is I went out and invested in a nice pair of focus pads for this. Um, but as I say, it's all online. There's some, some really clever, clever use of teaching tips. One of the really cool things that he does is he demonstrates the the pad drills using a GoPro. So you're actually looking at it from his perspective, how he's holding the pads in front of him for his student to hit, which is a really, really cool idea and something I've never seen before. So kudos to, uh, to Matt for doing that. So we'll be speaking to Matt a little bit later on, but before that, let's go to our interview now with Craig Smith, and I'll catch you on the other side. You're listening to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. Okay, guys, so joining me on the phone now, we have Mr. Craig Smith. How are we doing today, sir? I'm very good, thank you. Cool, you get the honour of being the first guest of 2019. Get in. Get in there, literally, get in there. Now, um, I first met Craig uh, a long time ago. I can't remember how long ago it was. I've just had a complete blank. That's a good start, isn't it? Yeah, it must have been about eight or nine years ago now, I think. Something like that. Back when I was about 20. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, you were. You would have been about 19 at the time, something like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but no, um, I was looking... At, back, at the, back around then, I was actually doing quite a lot of touring around teaching and doing little bits of pro- promotional video work for people. And I had the pleasure of going along to Cray School. Fantastic facilities, which have actually improved and increased since, um, which we will get to. Um, but what I always like to do is go right back to the start, which we've already said wasn't long ago, actually. <laughs> no, joking aside, though, we go back back to the start. Um, where you from? How you first got interested in martial arts? And we'll start there, if that's all right. Sure, no problem. Um, yeah, basically, I, I started in the early 80s, probably 83, 84. Um, don't know exactly when, but uh, basically, uh, a friend of ours taught ladies self-defense at my dad's pub right. uh, his room and my mum went along and some of her friends and you know being uh, seven or eight at the time I uh, decided that uh, this was quite cool I was watching it and then Bill the uh, the sensei at the time he was uh, he'd come across and sh- sort of take an interest in us and because it was myself and a couple of other kids as well uh, just waiting for the mums and before we knew it that sort of five minutes here, five minutes there, had expanded into a full-on karate class. Yeah. And uh, it was from there that Bill set up his, his karate class at North Street Working Men's Club in Whittick, which is a little village in uh, Colville in Leicestershire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, very old school. He was uh, one of uh, Tatsu Suzuki's uh, original students back in the 60s when he first came over. Wow. Um, and it was Wadaru karate-based. So uh, we trained with Bill uh, every Monday and Wednesday, um, we used to have to, it, like I say, it was in the upstairs of my dad's pub, so we used to have to move the chairs and tables off the dance floor and sort of avoid the sticky beer patches on the floor. <laughs> Love it. Um, which was great for your gakus because, you know, you'd be reverse punching and your, your foot would stick to the floor and all sorts. <laughs> I'm not kidding there either. That actually did happen. Um, but, yeah, and before we know it, it wasn't a profit-making club or anything like that. We didn't pay any fees uh, for a long time. We didn't even wear geese or any sort of uniform or belts for that matter. Um, and it was really only the, the kids within the group that uh, sort of demanded that Bill did a, uh, a belt system because I think at the time the Karate Kid and things like that were all out. Um, so belts become a, a really important part of karate for us. Um, but, you know, sort of within two or three years, that, that club had, um, had grown in, into a, a, a proper karate club yeah. and uh, it got a regular sort of 
12, 13 members, a uh, mixture of adults and kids. Uh, very traditional uh, Wadaroo and really enjoyed my time there. Um, as I got older, I wanted to do a little bit more. There was uh, karate clubs springing up yes. uh, all over the place and uh, I found one on a Sunday morning at um, the leisure centre, the local leisure centre with a guy called Dave Jenkins. And I trained there for a couple of years. Um, that was very much a commercial club. It was my first experience of a commercial club. So I paid a fee to train. I think it was about £2 at the time. Mm. Um, and then he, he closed that club. And I went to train with a guy uh, over in Ashby, which is the, the next town away. Um, and that was with uh, Anthony Jones um, okay. and doing Wado. So three instructors at the, at the time. I continued to train with Bill. Um, and then I got my black belt. I think it was about 89 when I got my first bike, about 88, 89 uh, in Wado. And uh, that was pretty much me. So, yeah. Now, started lots and away. What I will say before we go any further is whenever, whenever I have a guest on, and this is the previous guest listing now, I tend to ask them for a little bit of background and just say, oh, just a quick bio or something. I asked Craig for this. I think, were you actually on holiday at the time? Yeah, so, I was sitting in the hot tub chilling. I, I asked him to send me through, and my days, he sent me through a CV. <laughs> it's brilliant is this not a job interview oh no no, no, no. Oh, I will say it's, I've got it on my desk now it's brilliant so you're very you obviously um, you like your detail I will say that much it's brilliant I've got a complete list in front of me that I can dip into it, it mentions obviously uh, following on from that it's at, uh, sort of between 88 and 93 that you trained informally in kendo as well what was that experience like yeah uh, again one of uh, Bill's many skills was his kendo he was a second hand in kendo he spent a lot of time in Japan he was in the navy um, I mean, Sensei Privet was in his 60s when he taught me. He sadly passed away about five or six years ago. Um, but yeah, he was uh, he was also, like I say, a second hand in kendo. So the karate evolved into kendo as well. And uh, that was fantastic. Absolutely love that. And uh, I've never found a kendo club since, uh, since we stopped. But uh, I mean, what happened with uh, the reason I stopped training was I, basically I got to about 16 and all of a sudden discovered uh, beer and women, and <laughs> like most teenagers do, and karate took a, a, a very much a back point from there. And uh, I did nothing for a couple of years, um, and then I joined the Air Force. Yeah, well, I, like, the way you've actually listed this on the thing you sent over is 93 to 96, sod all sat on my backside getting fat. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. Love it, love it. That's one actually. Those who, those who know you on on social media, or through social media only, maybe as well. Some people, uh, <laughs> you 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 are very to the point, aren't you? You you know. I do like to be a little bit uh, flippant, shall we say? Yeah, I'm a bit of a marmite character. Um, so it's a love or hate. It's quite a lot of hate, but, <laughs> but, but I like your marmite. When obviously we have a little bit of banter back and forth. It's all good fun. It's just just Facebook words, isn't it? But it's uh, it's all good fun. Um, so yeah, in 90, you mentioned it obviously in '96. Um, you joined joined the Royal Air Force. It's, That's uh, right. Yeah, um, joined as an, an aircraft engineer. So I spent uh, 12 months getting super super fit. Um, for those that don't know I me, mean, I'm quite a big lad. I'm uh, six foot two. And quite thick set, so I've always struggled with weight and this and the karate kept it under check for a number of years. Um, sadly, when I hit the beer, it uh, started to go on, and uh, I had to. When I decided I was joining the air force, I had to drop a couple of stone uh, very quickly. So I got to running up hills and this that, and the other. And I prepared myself to get in the air force, mm. uh, which I did, and I uh, went through all the basic training and everything like that. Took it and then into trade training. And when I got to my first squadron, I always remember my flight commander turned around to me and said, do you play sport? Uh, no, sir, I don't. He says, oh, that's a shame because you would have got Wednesday afternoons off. I, went, I did karate. 
and uh, <laughs> that was pretty much it. I got that's how I got back into karate. So at uh, RF Bryce Norton, um, I joined the, the karate club on camp there, and I got Wednesday afternoons off, and that was my motivator to get off my backside again and get back into martial arts. I love it to get Wednesday afternoon off. Brilliant. <laughs> So if you'd have if you'd have not wanted that Wednesday afternoon off, where would you have been now? Then that's the thing. <laughs> Probably in the pub still. <laughs> <laughs> so it, obviously it mentions then um, around sort of two thousand. You were posting, uh, was it say north of Scotland? It um, was yeah, between them um, joining up and, and like I said, I restarted karate and everything like that. But it was it was once a week. It was very much again a traditional karate class. Mm. Um, not an awful lot of fitness in there. A lot of forms and, and things like that. And being on squadron, which I was, I was on 101 squadron, we literally went around the world. So we were nine months of the year out of the country, and I literally piled on the weight. And when I say piled on the weight, I went from 16 and a half stone uh, up to 26 stone. Wow. Um, I had an absolutely fantastic time. <laughs> it was brilliant. Honestly, every single ounce was pleasure. It really was. There was beer, there was kebabs, there was burgers. It was frigging awesome, I tell you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, I got posted to the north of Scotland uh, after my, my, I got promoted. And uh, my youngest son was uh, seven at the time, and he uh, expressed an interest in doing karate. And I'd, like I said, I'd spend a lot of time on the sofa doing a lot, not a lot when I was at home. Uh, and being so far away from home up there, I decided that uh, we needed to do something together. So I took Kieran along to uh, the one on camp and he just didn't like it. He didn't enjoy it. Um, so I found, I went, I did a, I was going to say Google search then. It wasn't Google back in 2000. I think it was the Yellow Pages. Yeah. And um, we found a, a local uh, kickboxing club, uh, Sport Karate Kickboxing. And it was the Sanson Black Belt Academy up in Morrishire. And uh, I went along. Uh, I can remember it was to enroll Kieran into this kid's karate class. Nothing to do with me. I was, like I say, I was huge at the time. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm presented with this full-time dojo. And I'd never seen a full-time dojo before. I didn't know they existed. And it was like, wow, absolutely mind-blowing. It had a matted floor, which I'd never seen mats before, a reception, small reception area. And we were made to feel very, very welcome. Um, and I enrolled Kieran, and I got chatting to uh, Lee Santum, who's the uh, chief instructor there. And he sort of said well why don't you do it as well and I was like yeah why don't I and that was pretty much it got into it um because it was a full-time center we had loads of classes available to us um so I was, it sort of became my life for the next sort of two or three years and uh, through that I credit that anyway definitely to uh, I dropped all the weight again and I got down to quite a lean 18 uh, 18 stone yeah. um because of all my previous experience as well I'd got uh, promoted through the ranks quite quickly and uh, before I knew it, I think about 2002-ish, I was uh, instructing for Lee as uh, one of his black belts. And uh, I had a really good time. I look back on it with really fond memories. I had a really good time on there. Cool. And was it around that sort of time, was that when you um, got an interest in the more competitive side as well? It was, yeah. Um, very What the Black Belt Academy was about in those days was about competing. Lee himself was still competing. The other instructors were competing. Uh, we used to have regular fight, Friday morning fight net sessions as well. Um, but being so far up north, every competition that we did was, you know, three to ten hours travel. Yeah. Um, so, you know, even Glasgow was a three-hour trip on a bus. But we used to go once every, at least every other month, we did a tournament of some sort. And we tried to do as many as we could. 
uh, and both Kieran and I uh, did quite well. I was never the world's greatest fighter or anything like that, but uh, I, I enjoyed what I did, and I got some uh, some golds from uh, you know, nearly all the associations, really. Um, one of the ones that really stick out was a good friend of mine, uh, Dicker, who I know you know very well. Yep. Um, <laughs> one of his tournaments back in the day, and I spoke to him about this at the Worlds. Um, well, heavyweight category was the last one on, and it was yes. about nine o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah, still is. You know, <laughs> till about eight o'clock, and he refused to go. And Dicker, being a very eloquent uh, man, as you know, <laughs> um, basically told him to f off, and he'll carry on his tournament till it's done. So, obviously, all these guys in the Leicester Centre wanted to go home, and they were, Dicker was having none of it. And we, I was still to fight. So, anyway, all the lights go off. And literally, it's pitch black in there. So Dick is running around with torches, shining them on us as we're scrapping on the mats. And that is, it's got to be, to this day, one of the funniest things I've ever experienced in martial arts. So I fought in torchlight at a, a British championship. Wow. <laughs> I can imagine the scene now. <laughs> but he got it. I'll give him his due. He got the tournament done and dusted in the day. Oh, but, man. That's so yeah, so we did lots and lots of tournaments was the, is the answer to your question. And uh, thoroughly enjoyed all of them. Um, then uh, I think the one that uh, did most damage one uh, was down at the WKAs in Manchester, the old WKA, yeah. uh, when it was run by uh, Mr. Lewis. And uh, I don't know if you ever fought or comp- competed there, but they had the old um, blue tatamis, which were covered in like a ripped up felt. Yeah. And there was absolutely no sponge in there whatsoever. So I'd driven all the way down to compete in the WK British. Uh, threw a roundhouse kick and my foot stayed still and the rest went right the way around. So uh, ACL snap, uh, ligament, lots of damage uh, and that put me out for a little bit and uh, then I got, once I was injured from that, I got posted out to the Falklands for six months and that was really a a bit of a a game changer for me uh, in martial arts. Um, I went down with all the intentions of training left, right and centre. There's two two ways of doing things down in the Falklands and that is you either drink heavily every night or you go to the gym and the gym down there is absolutely world class. And for the first week I hit the gym and it was awesome and then the knee flared up again and uh, that was it. So I spent the next six months in the pub. <laughs> and, uh, the weight came back on, not as much this time but I did uh, tip the scales at over 20 again. And uh, when I came back, everything had changed. Uh, I think I'd changed as well. Yeah. And uh, I ended up setting my own club up. And that was my very first club that uh, I'd set up, which was uh, Kaizen School of Karate up in the north of Scotland. And uh, I got some help from John Horan, who was a uh, sugar guy at the time. So I graded, regraded in sugar guy. And uh, that ran for a couple of years before I finally got to up to my 12-year point in the RAF, and I decided that either I stayed in the Air Force or, you know, I, I came out and at 30, I was at the time, and uh, did this full-time. And because uh, this, this club had set up, I was earning a decent amount of cash, and I was obviously still in the Air Force at the time in a full-time career. I was thinking, well, actually, I could do this now, and I took the gamble, and that's what it was. So I rang my mum up, and I said, Mum, we're coming home. And she's just, right. Nobody will pay for karate classes. Nobody down here will pay. Well, that was uh, touching on 13 and a half years ago now. Mm. Uh, they do pay. They do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> um, so, uh, obviously, that was uh, what was the name of the school again? It was... 
My old school. Yeah, it was a K. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, at what point did the current schools in as in stealth? Was that around the same time? Was it the same? It was. Yeah. Um, so basically, when I I decided that my my career was over in the air force, yeah. I came out and we literally moved home. So I was in the air force. I'm earning a good salary there. I've got my martial arts club, which was earning sure. um, yeah, yeah. money. But I used that really to get around the world competing. So it was sort of like pocket money that was. My wife, Andy, she was in full-time employment as well. Uh, obviously, we were in Air Force accommodation, so we had our own married quarter. So we decided to come home 500 miles back down south, back to Leicestershire, um, with no house and you know, no jobs, and we set up our own club. Um, and pretty much, yeah, within a month, Mandy found out she was pregnant. Oh. So I was like, oh, okay, this wasn't planned. And, uh, yeah, so we had another little baby, and uh, I've just set up this club, and we've got a new mortgage uh, and everything going. So the first few years was incredibly hard, incredibly hard. Yeah, I was on my own trying to get this business up and running. Well, for those of you that aren't familiar with uh, Stealth Martial Arts in Colville, um, I, I, I I remember when I went down, uh, up, across, whichever way it was, <laughs> Um, when I'm, I'm not very good at geography, as you can probably tell, uh, but no, when I came to, to visit, I remember being um, shocked by the facilities in a good way. Um, I, I actually remember at the time walking in and looking around and being like, "Wow!" And I went outside, and rang my wife up, and went, "You'll not believe what they've got in here. It's great." It's got all these... And uh, the first thing I remember, the first thing that I, I noticed, um, or one of the things subsequently that we, I noticed uh, later on, was you've got a bar. I was like, we, how cool is that? <laughs> it, well, it wasn't always like that. I mean, no. when we first moved down, we had uh, we, did, we weren't in the unit that you came to. Yeah. Uh, we were on the same estate, but we had these really plush office, office buildings. Uh, and I say plush, it was amazing. It had chrome handles everywhere. And, um, but the reception was downstairs, and then upstairs was the, the actual dojo floor. And uh, they were quite expensive as well at the time. Mm. And it was only 2,500 square feet. So being totally naive, because obviously I'd come from a very protected environment with a salary to all of a sudden being a business owner with no business experience whatsoever. Yeah. And I took on this unit. I got it up to sort of 50 odd students and there was money coming in the bank. But nobody told me that you'd got bills, rates, um, <laughs> taxes and everything else. But I got all this money coming in. So I thought, well, to get more students, I need more space. So I took on next door on the lease as well. So now I had 5,000 square feet of this plush office building. And I've got even more coming in, money coming in. I know I've got even more students. And, it, you know, it was over 100 students now. I need more space. So I took the next office building on as well. So we have three of these really plush office buildings. And these three, I don't mind telling you all, it's, it was £80,000 a year in rent. Plus rate. Wow. I honestly think I must have had a mental issue at the time because nobody in the right mind would take on that level of responsibility for a martial arts club. And like I say, it, the, the amount we were taking was nowhere near the amount that was going out. And it nearly all went Pete Tong. Right. Uh, we come very, very close to folding the lot. And uh, I was looking at going back out to Saudi Arabia to work on the tornado out there. Wow. Uh, that's how bad it got. And it was a very stressful time. I'd made so many mistakes, um, trusted so many people that, you know, nowadays I'm a little bit more savvy. 
But I think the, the problem was that when you're in the Air Force, you are looked after incredibly well. Yes, you can still get yourself in a bit of a mess, and yes, you can get yourself in trouble, but there's always somebody there that will look out for you, whether it be your immediate line supervisor or your flight commanders or you know up to station level. They would always support you and look after you and bail you out if needed. And I sort of expected the same uh, level of, well, commitment with other people in the in city street and it just wasn't there yeah. all of a sudden i found myself surrounded by people that basically just wanted to rip you off as much as they could and get what they could for themselves mm-hmm. that was very negative and i think at the time i was a very negative person as well and it, it really did mentally strain me for a long long time we went through absolute hell for four or five years really um and then we got to a stage where it all got too much and my landlord at the time was basically threatening to take my house off me and all sorts. But he was at the time I thought he was evil and nasty and everything else. But I got myself into this mess, and uh, he actually gave me a break. He basically said, "Look, clean it all up, take all your maps out, leave it as you found it, and get out." And I did. And uh, through the gift of the gab, I managed to find the unit that you saw, the current unit, which is literally just around the corner. And then found out that the landlord was it was totally empty. And uh, I spoke to the guy and I managed to negotiate a year free of rent. (laughs) And that basically saved us from going under. But when we moved in, there was literally, there wasn't even a toilet in there. It was just a great big empty warehouse. It's 5,000 square feet, as you know. It's a big old center, but there wasn't anything in there. No paint on the wall. There wasn't any walls. There was four brick walls. That was it. Nothing. So uh, with what little cash I had left, I sort of built a very rudimentary uh, reception area and we matted the rest with what we had and made do, really. Mm. Um, but as, as slowly as the business built up, we improved the facilities. And uh, I think when you came down, it was about five or six years old at the time. Maybe, no, maybe not that much, about four or five years old. Yeah. And uh, we, we'd spent a lot of money on it, but it was very much built piece by piece. And although, you know, when we got guests down, um, they would say, wow, this is fantastic. I was never really happy with it because it was always an add-on, you know, we added the bar in, we added um, a matted space, we added this, we added that. It was never done all in one as I envisage it, mm. the money. Um, and it wasn't until last year that that actually became a reality either. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, the, the, the forward thinking that you had in it, really, to be fair, I mean, I, I'd never been, for example, at the time, because uh, I'd been back since as well, um, it, like a soft play area in, in the same unit as well. I thought... That's just yeah, genius yeah. because no, why, why has nobody else thought of that? You know, <laughs> I, I, in my sense, all the two and three year olds are running around messing with the iPads that are supposed to be for signing in. You know, and yeah. <laughs> here you are with a soft play center. I'm like, God, oh, that's genius. <laughs> you were, I mean, what we've tried to do, we've always tried to think a little bit out of the box, and I do hate that phrase, by the way. Um, but you know, trying to look at other businesses and what makes them successful. If you look at, I don't see myself as a martial arts school, certainly not now, anyway. Hmm. Um, but even then, we wanted to be a little bit more. So the bar was the first thing we included. And I got that from my rugby playing days. You know, we would train hard and then play hard in the bar as well on a Saturday night. And I wanted that social aspect to the club. Sure. Stealth has always been a very, very social club, um, you know, especially with adult groups. You know, they, they'll go and train hard and then uh, they won't have a beer after class, but we have functions at weekends and things like that. Um, and our functions are legendary uh, if you live around here anyway. Um, <laughs> We do have some crazy, crazy functions. Um, 
So, yeah, the bar was the first thing. Then we had this idea of uh, a soft play centre, and that, that literally came about by my youngest being off uh, play school at the time. He was poorly one morning, and um, he said, I found this play barn on eBay. And I was like, Kai, would you like this? And he said, yeah, Dad, that's awesome. And he, like I say, he was only two. And the next thing I know, I'd put a bid on it, and I'd won it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, right, cool. It's up in Glasgow. So uh, I hired a truck. Drove up there, me and my friend took this uh, play barn apart. Um, took us two days to do it. It's huge. It's not a little play barn. It's it's massive. Um, and we brought it all the way back down to Leicestershire. We took loads of photos of it to try and put it back together. Yeah, that didn't really work. <laughs> so uh, my, I, luckily, I got the uh, ID plate on it. So I got the company and they originally built it to come and rebuild it. So my, my couple of grand bargain didn't quite outturn like that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> It's been running ever since, and it, it does very, very well for us. Um, initially, my idea was the play barn was going to get two and three year olds in, in the building. That then, they, when they hit three, they would be then become little dragons and mm-hmm. so on and so on. Um, it didn't actually work like that. I thought it would, but it, it really didn't, and it never has. Um, we also opened it up as a full time play barn, and there's I don't know if you know in your area, but in our area, there's so many of these play barns go out of business. Yes. And the reason is, is is the running costs. So about three years ago, we stopped doing all opening up to the public uh, during the week. And now what we do is we just use it for parties. And uh, we are rammed with parties. Every weekend we have six six birthday parties. Um, and it's, wow. we're fully booked now till the end of February at the minute. Um, so we're always like, we've got order books. We've got order, uh, parties booked right now into July. So we are a party centre, we're a function room hire facility, we're a martial arts centre, we're a fitness centre. Our latest thing is um, a gym area as well, so it's like small group personal training as well. So yeah. we are a multifaceted business, and I think that's uh, been the key to our success, is not relying on one thing. Uh-huh. So you see a lot of martial arts schools where they keep, you know, they'll go, oh, we need more students, we need more students, and the whole focus is on getting more students. Well, Getting more students is great. Keeping them is hard. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, you can only have so many people on the mats at any one time. And that would be a real limiting factor into what us as a business uh, can achieve financially. And, obviously, we, we throw a lot of money back into the centre as well. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, by having these multifaceted angles of attack at different businesses, which they're all separate businesses as well, um, it's helped us grow tremendously because if martial arts is, uh, you know, in the summer months when we're quiet, the parties are busy, for instance, and we have lots of functions on. So it, it balances out throughout the year. Yeah, it's, 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 it's as I say, it's very, very impressive setup. And some, if what I will do, obviously, I will link in the show notes. So if anybody wants to go on the website and check it out, you'll be able mm-hmm. to go on on there. Um, so moving on to yourself. So um, if that's cool, I'm, I'm, I don't think you're shy about talking about yourself, to be fair. I think that's fair to say. Oh, I'm really shy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, the, the really cool thing about Facebook for social media, now that it's been around for the, what, 10 years or so that it's been, and, and most people use it now, is it, it, it's great. You get to see this sort of constant evolution of people. Um, I, I've certainly changed in that window since I first started using Marshall. And I think it's fair to say you have as well. Certainly from when I first met you to where you are now, um, you're, you, you know, you're, you're, you're certainly your training focus. My goodness. Your, uh, I see because you posted some of your videos from your workouts and things. I think it's fair to say that you've really become quite focused in that area. Definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, personally, for me now, martial arts. I don't actually teach that m- uh, much martial arts myself now. Um, in fact, I only do sort of four hours on the mats a week. 
I've built an incredible team around me mm. um, that, that run the academy for me. But not only that, that are very passionate about the martial arts and very young as well. Uh, I mean, I'm a crusty old git now, so uh, <laughs> you know, although I can still kick, I've got about four in me before I'm panting. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, t- I took the, the move to, to change things. And that, again, was inspired by this yo-yo weight loss that I've had throughout my life. Um, and it was it actually flagged up on Facebook the other day. Uh, seven years ago, on New Year's Day, I had a heart attack. And that oh, heart wow. attack, yeah, came about because basically... As this business, that I, a fledgling business that I started and all this stress that I had uh, financially and things like that, I stopped training. I was teaching every night, um, you know, six, seven hours a night, but I wasn't training myself. And uh, you comfort eating and everything like that. And again, I bloomed up to sort of 23, 20, uh, 23 24 stone. Um, I've always had weight issues, always, always, all of my life. And uh, like I say, seven years ago, I had this heart attack and it was a bit of a, an alarm bell. I was 35 at the time, and I was like, Jesus, well, I'm in hospital. I need to change my life. And that changed everything for me. Um, I started making a point of training again. Um, I got back into the martial arts, but I wasn't competing anymore. Um, and I couldn't, one, because I was too big. But secondly, it was, you know, 35 and you're fighting 18-year-olds, it's where they're at the top of the game and you're trying to get back in. Mm. It's very, very difficult. So I looked for other outlets and uh, I got into the weights. I'd always done weights to a degree, but I didn't really know what I was doing. I did pretty much what everybody else does down at the gym. Uh, you know, you go in a gym, you put it on a number five, and you start lifting, and this, that, and the other. I didn't understand the, the whole concept behind weightlifting at the time. So um, we started this group and uh, started the lifting, and the weight came off again. Um, and then about five years ago, I got really into it, mm. and I decided that I was going to start doing strongman. And... Uh, that was awesome because no longer was weight an issue. In fact, it was an added bonus. Um, and I, I, I sort of trimmed down to what I would call a lean 18 and a half stone. I'm still carrying a little bit, but it, I am fairly lean nowadays. Um, but the, the weight is more muscle than anything else. And strongman training, for those of you who watch the, you know, the world's strongest man on TV, it is very much like that, but it was slightly lighter weights and, and things like that. But uh, it's absolutely horrendous on the body. But it is so enjoyable to do. So we, we look, pick up anything that we can. I mean, you often see videos of me posting pulling trucks, yes. lifting up cars, um, you know, lifting up the stones as high as I can. So there's all those sort of things as well. Um, and that, that sort of evolved in. I, I was combining the strongman training with the powerlifting training. I got myself a coach, uh, Dean Madden, who's a, a fantastic powerlifting coach. Uh, so I started working with him about three years ago as well, and he brought me on leaps and bounds. And, uh, yeah, I got really, really into it, up to a degree where I started competing. Oh, wow. But the problem was, at 40 years of age, you, you get to that level where you're actually coming into a peak at 40 in Strongman. But in, if you want to compete, you have got no choice but to do steroids. And because of my heart condition, well, I haven't got a heart condition. I had a heart attack, two yeah. different things. But that, in the back of my mind, I've got a heart condition. I don't want to go down the steroid route. I've got no problems with steroids. I don't advocate them, but I don't disagree with them either. And I think it's a personal choice. I've done a hell of a lot of research into them. And I think, you know, for certain people, they work fantastically well. For other people that abuse them, like any drug, be it, you know, cocaine or even alcohol, if you abuse a drug, it will end you very quickly. Mm. I've seen people that, are, you know, I know and respect have died prematurely. And it, is it steroids? We don't know. 
but I know for a fact they were on them. Um, you know, all the top-level strongmen, they're all on uh, some sort of performance-enhancing drug. They have to be because of the, the level of which they compete. Their body needs to repair. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that was me about a year ago, and I was thinking, well, I'm not going to be able to compete at this level, and I'm a very competitive person. Everything I do is I have to compete against myself or other people. I can't help it. It's just the way I am. I hadn't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I got into, uh, through my, my, my strength coach, I got into kettlebells. Um, now, most people's uh, idea of kettlebells is the old kettle size classes where you, you're slinging around weights and you're doing Turkish get-ups and this, that, and the other. The route that I decided to go was sport kettlebell, uh, which has been around for 50-odd years, but it's, it's very new in this country. Yeah. Um, and I'm literally, I'm like a, probably a, a yellow to orange belt at the, in it at the minute. Um, but it is, it's taken over my life. I absolutely love it. Mm. And um, I've gone up in the weights, and it's basically endurance weightlifting. So you're lifting a couple of kettlebells nonstop for uh, t- 10 minutes nonstop. You're not allowed to put them down. There's three different lifts that you, you compete in. And then you've got the marathon stuff where it's either half marathon at 30 minutes without putting them down and 60 minutes. So you're losing, using sub-maximal loads, but, you know, for example, I have to lift 24, so that's 48 kilos over your head as many times as you can in 10 minutes. It's really tough, um, but it's great for flexibility. It's great for all-over body conditioning, um, and it's great for endurance as well. And uh, I only wish I found out about it earlier. So, uh, well, it's always the way with everything, isn't it? We always wish that. It's, um, but no, it's really nice to see, you know, um, the transformation in yourself physically. It's just immense. I mean, this is a really cool thing about it. Say, like social media, um, yeah. it, it, it's, it's it's there, isn't it? It's um, cool. Right. I'm in the best shape of my life now. I'm actually in better shape than I was when I. I mean, when I joined the air force, I was incredibly thin. Um, but you know, people associate being thin with being fit, and it really isn't. Mm. Um, I'm by no means thin now, and I never want to be. Um, but uh, you know, I am athletic now, and that you know, I feel good about yeah. myself. I'm quite happy to take my shirt off in public, and you know, that level of confidence is great, and especially at the age that I am now. Absolutely. So going forwards, do you have any, uh, for obviously 2019 and beyond, uh, what have you got going on that you can share with us? Any Anything new that you can... Yeah, well, um, from stealth point of view, from our business point of view now, we've launched this uh, new gym idea, and I took the idea from CrossFit. Um, now, people in the weightlifting world, again, CrossFit's a little bit of love and hate, you either love it or you, you don't like it at all. And I'm one of those that are towards the I don't like it at all. I don't like the lifting weights as fast as you can with poor form. Now, don't get me wrong, the CrossFit athletes at the top level are fantastic, and that is great. But there is an awful lot, like with any uh, sport, of very poor lifters. And it encourages a lot of people to get injured very quickly. So we've gone down a, a powerlifting route, um, and we've opened this gym. There's no machines in there as such. It's all free weight and it's all barbell, um, but we've got five bays in there and uh, you've got an instructor who's there to coach people, not to instruct them, not to deliver a class, but to actually physically coach 10 people at once. And uh, we only launched that back in October and uh, it's growing tremendous, at a tremendous rate and definitely that's uh, where Stealth, the business, is going in the future. We're launching a third centre this year and uh, we're looking at just doing a Strength Forge, uh, which is what it's called, by the way. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, that for us is, is definitely the way. The martial arts is uh, growing year on year. It always has done. So, you know, that, like I say, I've got a really good team that run that for me now. I still go in and shout at the adults because I do love taking the adult classes um, <laughs> and, and the black belts as well. Uh, I'm screaming at them. That's, that's great fun. 
I still train as well. I went to uh, Thailand at Tiger Muay Thai last year, and wow, what a place that is. Uh, I recommend anybody that's into martial arts, whether you're a karate guy, whether you do taekwondo, any discipline, go to Thailand and train with them guys because they live and breathe it. Mm. It's, you know, it's a totally relaxing thing, absolutely fantastic. And it, it actually brought martial arts back into the forefront of my life. It was the best time for me to do it as well. So, uh, yeah, that really buzzed the whole team up because we took a team of uh, 12 out there. Yeah, I just actually just on your, I was just having a, a stalk on your Facebook then when you was when you were explaining that uh, I love your intro godlike character with a tendency for sporadic evilness. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know if uh, people do watch my videos and things like that. I'm, I'm quite unique, and it's probably only me that can get away with it. In, yeah, uh, I in, agree. Uh, club anyway, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm, I'm quite often found biting people if they're not working hard, and uh, I'll hit them with sticks and all sorts. But you know what? They keep coming back, and they yeah. love it. Do you know, I used to, you used to, uh, with the boot camps, when you used to put the posts on when people hadn't turned up, I used to love those. They were brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I love it. The, the sort yeah, of thing I boot- didn't do, my wife would kill me if I did that. My- <laughs> you used to take a picture at the beginning with 30-odd people on a boot camp and then a picture right at the end yeah. uh, with, like, the 15 that were left and we'd all put, like, loser sign up. And uh, yeah. I used to get lots of uh, attention as well. But I think that, that's the thing, and that's the difference with stealth. We are very tongue-in-cheek and, uh, you know, we don't appeal to everybody and we don't want to be to everybody. Years ago... I wanted everybody to come to Stealth and everybody to be friends. And nowadays, it's look, this is what we do. If you like it, great, and we'll support you, and we're a great big, and we are a happy family. Um, but if you don't like us, then so be it. You know, not everybody's going to like everybody's way of doing things. Mm. But we have great fun, and like I say, we've got a really good, strong club as well. So it's really cool. Fantastic. Well, Craig, this last forty minutes has flown by. Um, thank you for your time. Is there anything that you wanted to touch on just before we we dash off, or are we? Um, yeah, watch my videos. They're yeah. really cool. <laughs> I actually <laughs> agree with that. Watch his videos. They are really cool. <laughs> no, what we're doing is um, my, my business coach has uh, encouraged me to start doing these videos. I don't feel at all comfortable in front of the camera, um, but I'm slowly, slowly getting there. So rather than being like everybody else uh, out there and, and doing a you know a motivational video on this, that, and the other, I just thought I'd talk a bit of what we all think and that we're not really allowed to say. So... Uh, you know, I'm Mr. Anti-PC. I don't like the nanny state. I don't like this. I don't like that. So uh, I make it quite clear in my videos. Yeah. So if you, if you are easily offended, please don't watch because you'll be one of the ones that put a negative comment on. Uh-huh. What was the one? Uh, you you don't need a PT to tell you not to eat a Mars bar. Was that one? Yeah. Of the- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just whatever comes into my head, I say, and it gets me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> but it's good to watch. <laughs> <laughs> No, thank you. Thanks very much for your time. And uh, what I'll do is I'll, I'll find one of those videos, actually, if you like, and I'll try and link it in the show notes so people can go and have a watch. Awesome. Thanks for your time, Chris. No, thanks very much. Thanks very much. Enjoy our podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Kickback with Chris on iTunes today. Big thanks to Craig for his time today in that interview. Uh, really nice to have a chat and catch up as always. Uh, some interesting things going on. What I would say, two things. I've already said that in the interview, but two things. Go check out his school. Uh, the, the link to it is in the uh, the show notes for the website. Two, check out some of his videos, guys. Honestly. <laughs> just just for the the amusement alone let alone the quality content in there 
because he does put there's some good good learning material in there as well but just for the for the for the way he puts it across if you're easily offended <laughs> don't watch it <laughs> okay but i think it's fair to say the majority of you don't fall into that category but no go check it out it's really good fun stuff i've just been watching some now as you can tell they are quite amusing um so moving on we're going to go on to our uh, weekly match chat with matthew chapman now little disclaimer Little disclaimer before we go into this one. This one was actually recorded over the Christmas holidays and it was fully intended to be used in an episode that was going to air or or go online somewhere around the 28th of December. Um, As already mentioned in episode 25, I decided to take a little bit of a break during that period. Um, So the, the content didn't get used. Now, Matt would have, if I'd have asked him to, would have come back on and recorded it again. But I wanted to use the recording as it was done at the time. So if there's any mention of Christmas or any mention of the new year, you know why. Okay, but that's not the important thing. The the, the topic of conversation uh, is what's important, not the fact that we're talking about Christmas. So um, we'll go over to my chat with Matt and I'll speak to you after You're listening to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. Okay, guys, so it's that time of the week again. We're on to our weekly match chat with Matt Chapman. How are we doing today, sir? Uh, Very good. Looking forward to Christmas and all that jazz, so I'm good. Yeah, so am I. I'm I'm ready for it. Properly ready for it this year. Well, I say properly ready for it. I'm ready for it in the sense of I'm, I'm ready for the break. I don't know if I'm ready for it in the sense of actual Christmas. No, well, you're saying me. I mean, I haven't even got all my presents yet, so I'm leaving it, I'm leaving it tight, but there you go. Yeah, well, that's it. Part of the challenge. Same every year. Same every year. <laughs> Part of the challenge. Cool. Um, so what, what are your thoughts today for a topic discussion? What were you thinking? Well, we're approaching the new year and it's a New Year's resolution time and it's kind of a time when martial artists sit down and think, well, what do I want for next year and start making plans? So I thought we could uh, discuss a little bit about planning for 2019. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. Cool. Um, So I was thinking, you know, everyone's aware of SMARTER goals, I assume, the acronym SMART. Um, Are you familiar with that? I'm going to say yes and pretend like I am and very quickly try and remember what it is. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So it's a classic uh, goal setting thing where it's uh, S stands for specific, M stands for measurable, uh, A stands for attainable, uh, R stands for realistic, T stands for time bound, E stands for evaluate, Mm. and R stands for redo. So it's just a way of listing out your goals and making sure that they're actually specific goals aiming for a specific target and not just wishy-washy ones, that they're measurable, that you've got a way of measuring uh, success when you get to that point, whether they're attainable, so that they, you don't make them too uh, out of the world so that you can't actually attain it, which makes it kind of slightly depressing. Yeah. Um, yeah. If they're time-bound, you know, you're going to give a specific time frame for achieving those goals and not just leave it forever because you'll never do anything like that. Um, you then evaluate your your goals and check that you're still in tune with them and that they work for you and the goals that you want to achieve and then you redo and start again so that's kind of like a a nice easy way of thinking about goal setting absolutely Absolutely. and i'd been a bit smarter i would have remembered that as well that's the irony of it (laughs) um so some some i mean a lot of people have different types of goals i usually have uh five uh, four or five areas that i focus on each year so i have um physical goals that I want to achieve physically. I have mental goals that I want to achieve, uh, obviously mentally. 
uh, business goals or financial goals, and then I have fun goals, which I think a lot of people leave off the, the list. Yeah. It's an interesting one, because actually I was saw a post on Facebook, um, somebody posted to say that one of the first things that they do at the start of every year is plan their holidays. Yeah, that's um, Daniel Priestley was the first guy who mentioned that to me. He's a business coach, very successful, very good. And uh, he had a, a coach he used to work with who just used to yeah, get out a wall planner and just plot out all his holidays in that year straight away just so that you make sure they're in the diary otherwise if you don't put them in the diary at the beginning of the year um by the time you know the year comes around you start adding things and people are asking you to do this and that and you put in the gradings and you put in the seminars and you just don't have any time left for holidays mm. so that's part of my fun part of my goal saying is yeah you want to plan your holidays definitely and your breaks Excellent. I mean, one thing that I've started to do, uh, I've noticed, well, actually, it's been more this last year or so, is I actually bought, I know different people have different methods when it comes to making notes and reminding themselves of things, but I bought, um, I found on Amazon of all places, uh, like, uh, I don't describe it, like whiteboard type material, dry white material, but with a sticky, oh, yeah. with a sticky back on a roll. So you can cut them to size however you want them. And I have one um, just above me on the ceiling in my in my office. One, two next to my door as I'm leaving my office. Oh, and great! Then one downstairs in the gym, just around the corner where I keep a few bits. Um, and I write things on there constantly, just to just to remind myself as I'm going between the rooms because I'm one of those people. I can leave a room to go and do something, <laughs> and then comes, the phone yeah, rings I- or something <laughs> happens, and the next thing I know, I'm like, oh, I need to do that. Yes, bounce between things. So I I write them on the wall and I don't cross them off. Or yes. them off until I've done them all. Um, yeah, good idea. So that's a kind of a way of keeping yourself sort of accountable yes. for your goals. Um, I think I think accountability is a, one of the things you can add to the smarter list. So it's all very easy to set these goals in your head uh, or maybe even write them down. Mm. But we have a habit of letting ourselves off the hook or letting ourselves down quite easily as opposed to other people. So one of the strategies for making yourself do your goals uh, next year is to make them accountable. So to either put them up on Facebook and put them out there in the world and tell your peer group what you're going to do and when you're going to do it and and be open to public shame and ridicule if you don't achieve your goals. Yep. That, that yep. generally helps motivate people. Um, to achieve their goals so accountability is quite quite a big one yeah definitely i mean I, i've been there before you know you, you have every intention of doing this stuff and it, it, it's yeah. not it's not through not wanting to or, or even lying to a certain extent it's just as you say life gets in the way but as soon as people know <laughs> as soon as it's out yes. there and people know it motivates you beyond belief to do it because you know you, you don't want to look daft you don't look silly and exactly stuff. and that's the power of like mastermind groups and the things like gordon's doing with the mastermind groups is you set goals in the in the mastermind you then all meet up maybe once a month and it's like have you achieved your goals well uh no um i why haven't you achieved your goals what's the next step and they they keep you accountable so that's the power of that kind of model that he's using there absolutely i I used it to great effect when we were we were really struggling with a a move from one building to another and certain certain i's and t's that well i's hadn't been dotted and t's hadn't been crossed it was it was one of those it you know uh, we needed to move we very much needed to move and a lot of it was down to me personally being motivated every day to get up and keep shaking trees you know it was down to me Um, and it reached a point where I just thought you know I'm going to tell everybody we're moving yeah and then I've got no option then (laughs) 
exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that, that does work. It's commit and commit publicly and then you just have to make it happen, right? Yeah, and I did. We did make it happen. It was touch and go and it was very scary and I'd never like to repeat the process ever. <laughs> but yes. it did. It Once it was out there and it was public knowledge, I had to, I had, you know, I, I had no fallback. I had to do it. Um, well, yes. there, was the, there was the option of it not happening and then having to face everybody. And yeah, down. so, it's, so <laughs> it's a good way of doing it. Yeah, it works. <laughs> um, sometimes I used to do all my body transformation courses that I uh, used to do with my students. Um, I used to make them pay a deposit of 250 quid to me that if they didn't hit their goals, I get to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, so we agree a goal. We agree a goal at the beginning of the six weeks, and then if they didn't hit that goal and they didn't reach it, I get to keep their two hundred fifty quid each. So uh, they all hit their goals, of course. Fantastic! Wow. See, if there's a bit of skin in the game, a bit of risk, and you're going to lose something if you don't achieve your goal, you tend to be more motivated because a lot of people are, are more motivated by pain than they are by pleasure. Yeah. So here you go. Have you? Is it put you on the spot on this one? Have you set mm. yourself any goals for next year? Yeah, I have. I've started writing out my my list. So physical goals, I need to get my weight back down to 84 kgs because it started to creep up throughout the year. So I need to get my weight back down to 84 kgs and I've got a time frame and things for that. Mental goals, I'd like to um, start learning a a new language because I can only speak one language currently badly. So I'd like to start learning Spanish. So that's one of my mental goals. Uh, business goals, I want to increase my subscription to um, my Mitmaster Vault, which uh, I sell online because that's uh, adding a lot of value to martial arts instructors' lives. They're getting loads of cool drills. Mm. Uh, I just need to work a little bit on building that up, so I've got to do all the marketing, so I've got specific goals for that. And fun goals, I want to go on a cruise. Really? Because I've never been on a cruise. And there's this thing, it's, yeah, but it's not a cruise like a normal person would take a cruise. There's this thing called a digital nomad cruise, which is for people like me who make money online. Uh, they get on a cruise ship and they cruise around the med, like uh, hanging out, chilling out, working together, doing um, workshops and learning stuff and stopping off in hot places and getting some sun. So I'd really like to do that next year. Can't see why. It's <laughs> so quite good, doesn't it? You're learning, you're earning, and you're getting a bit of sunshine. You, know, you could stand in a you could stand in a little room in a rainy part of southern England, or yes. on a cruise or, ship. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so those are like the first few goals I've got written down. I usually get kind of like three or four goals. For each of those physical, mental, business, and, and fun areas of my life. How about yourself? Have you got any uh, goals for next year? Yes, for sure. I want to, um, uh, and for any of my students out there right now, listen to this. Don't panic. Okay, what I to say. <laughs> I don't think you should say this. Don't panic. I don't think you should stop. No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. I want, uh, so- if for positive reasons, to be fair, I my one of my goals next year is to teach less. Right, um, because uh, next year, and it isn't—it's not because of this, but next year I will have been um, teaching or involved with teaching full time for twenty years. Wow! And I want congratulations. Well, thank you. I managed to get this far, which is impressive, if I'm honest. Yeah, very <laughs> must be doing something right. <laughs> um, or, uh, I, but no, I, 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 it was what connected in my head you know the, the week was do i want to in another 20 years time be saying the same thing or yeah, i would hope yeah, to so i want to start i want to start doing less um 
so I can keep it's not that I'm not passionate about it but I, I, I worry that if I continue on that same cycle that potentially yes. you know I could lose interest in it and I, and I would hate for that to happen um, and I have other I have other, I have dreams and aspirations as well of my own things yes. that I want to do one of the things I have actually started on just yesterday um, you know I want to get back into uh, the film side of things the coordinating choreographing even if at this at this stage it's you know it, it's on uh, lower budget sort of independent features it's it's something I'm passionate about and I enjoy um, yes. more than a career um, yeah. and you know I, I want to get I want to do that more but obviously as you'll fully appreciate as somebody who ran a full-time school um, taking oh I'm just going to disappear off for five days see you later you know it, it, it can be hard it can be challenging so in order to be able to achieve yeah. that I do need to teach less so yes. um, also, if you think about the teaching less thing um, if you have to teach say six hours every day six days a week yeah do you think you're going to teach every single no. class with the same energy as if you only had to teach once a week? No, no, you don't. There's, there's, there's no, no and any, uh, you know, no disrespect to anybody out there that, that claims otherwise. But personally, I, you know, I teach the best class that I can every yes. time I teach, but yeah. it's not going to be the best that I could if I, you know, it, when I go and teach one seminar for a yes. few hours on a Sunday, yes. it, it's great. It's because I'm energized, I'm ready to go, and it's that one exactly. thing. But when you know I've got um, six on a Monday, six on a Tuesday, six on a Wednesday, so, and, and yeah. you, you, by the end of the week, you, you're bleh, or you're going into Monday still tired and sore from Saturday morning. Exactly. So you, you do that for 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Your <sighs> um, quality of your, uh, of your teaching, you may not – see, I've, I've, I talked about my uh, with my uh, students. Well, I – before I left my school and sold my school, I was like, how do you think my tuition is going? How, how do you think my coaching is going? And they're going, yeah, it's good. We're enjoying it. But, like, you were much more infused and energetic five years ago. And I was like – yeah, goddamn right I was. I was <laughs> burnt out and tired five years ago. So I think you've got to find the balance, you know, in the teaching. You can't over. You can definitely overdo it and overcook it and burn out. Yeah, yeah. And um, another thing that I'm I'm wanting to do within the school is just expand on what we're doing, which um, means that I'm trying to expand on what I'm doing. I've started training. Um, in different arts with different people more from you know partly for my own personal growth and just to you know p you know potentially create other options um, further down yes. the line uh, because I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not going to be able to flap my legs around near the ceiling forever um, <laughs> Bill Wallace is well y yes but that's Bill Wallace right <laughs> <laughs> yeah true <laughs> there's not very many of those <laughs> no true um, but you know I you know I, not to say that you know, I you know, potentially couldn't still be doing it the same way at his age, but um, like I mm. said earlier, I'm not sure that I would want to be. If I'm honest. Yeah. Um, I'd like to have the option to choose rather than. And I'm not saying that he has to, but I think that there are others out there um, that that do. Um, unfortunately, that you know, they yeah. have no plan B or C. No. Well, also, like when I tell martial arts instructors that I sold my school. You get two responses. One response is, oh, that is cool. How did you do that? I'd, I'd like to do the same at some point, and, and I explain. The other uh, kind of thing I get is, like, pure horror. Mm. Like, I'm some mm. sort of disgrace to martial arts because I, I stopped teaching actively in my school and went into other areas. It's like it's almost like the, the worst thing you could possibly do as an instructor, whereas I don't see it like that because I was – helping out and influencing like 300 odd people in my school 
and you know what it's like people yeah. come they quit yeah. they they drift you know it, it's hard to keep people there for a long period of time whereas now online i'm inf- influencing thousands of people absolutely right uh, so, I mean, it's being spread further you, making more of a difference yeah you do, and you're doing things like this and obviously i you know it, had you not gone down that route i wouldn't have been down to your courses i wouldn't have gotten involved yeah. with the things that i'm the extra things that i'm now doing so you know by 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 creating other options for yourself you've created other options for other people as well which is you know it, yes. it's a, it's a good thing it's only a positive um you know, and as I say, it's not again. Come back to what I said a minute ago. It's nothing against the people. You know, if you're if people, if that's what they want to do for the rest of their life, then fair enough. That's for them. Um, at yes. the moment, I am enjoying teaching. Yes. For the most part. Uh, yes. But I I honestly feel that that little bit of for the most part could potentially increase um, over yeah, the next ten years. And and I I want there to be uh, I want there to be look when I I started out I started out teaching. Um, when I was nineteen, nearly twenty, and um, cool. you know, I was arguably a little bit too young, but you, you know, you do as you're told at that sort of age. Um, yeah. you know, and it, oh wow, I get to be like the person who's teaching me. Brilliant. Um, I want to be able to create that opportunity for somebody else, should they so yeah. wish to take it up. And you know, we've we've got some people that that look like the, the you know, there's a possibility there. So there, there's going to come a point where I'm going to have to step aside for those people to give them the opportunity um rather than be a stubborn old fool shoot myself in the foot and then they wander yes, off and go and of do course. it somewhere else yeah, yeah yeah you should always help them do that and enable them to do that and, and help them through that so and yeah at some point they can uh, step up and you know replace you in the school and you can go on cruises and um <laughs> <laughs> train the train when you're on cruises and stuff so it's all good Oh, that sounds so appealing right now, I'll be honest. <laughs> it does. I haven't managed to make it yet. I'll see if I make it well, you, next year. You need to so. now. You see, you've, you've accountability. We all... public, yeah, public. I'll put 250 quid in your account and you can hold <laughs> me accountable too. There we go. There we go, guys. There we go. <laughs> uh, and with that, I'd just like to make the announcement that this is the final podcast. And uh, no. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. You're done. <laughs> see you later. I'll go book a cruise. Um, now, uh, thanks again for your time and um, for your support over the last however many months it's been. It's gone too fast. Um, really looking forward to next year and the new things that we're going to have going on, which I hope yes. you can be part of too. I know that we've yeah, had, we've had a lot, really nice. Yeah, we've had a lot of positive okay. feedback from your um, involvement in the podcast, and thank, I thank you for cool. your time and experience. Thank you very much. Have a good Christmas, guys. Yep. Cheers. Thank you very much. Bye. Cheers, mate. Bye. You're listening to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. So I hope that's given you some good ideas of how you can kickstart your new year. Obviously, I know many of you probably have already opened. I mean, we we reopened uh, yesterday. But, you know, you can, to be fair, a lot of those uh, ideas you can implement all year round and, it, and it's good. Even if you're listening to this, if, it, if it's June and you're sat on a sunny beach listening back to this one now, some of those some of those ideas and approaches are still applicable sort of all year round. Um, so it's good to revisit and have a think about those things. You know, for me personally, some of the stuff that we spoke about there, um, I've, I've gone through it before and I've done it before. But, you know, it's so easy to get into uh, into habit or out of habit as well. Uh, and forget to do those things so it's it's good it acts as a as a good reminder 
Um, so uh, I hope to be able to share with you in a couple of days details of uh, the next couple of interviews we've got coming up. Uh, both people I have known for a number of years. Um, one of them is going to be over the phone and the other one is actually going to be in person, another one of our in-person interviews. Uh, very, very different people, very, very different schools, uh, but people that I've known for a long time and with lots of expertise and experience in the industry in very different ways, uh, but both running full-time schools. So as always, if you have any content or anything you would like to share, you can get in touch with us at www.kickbackpodcast.com. Um, as always, there is the option for you to send in an audio voicemail there via our SpeakPipe function. Um, that allows you to send up to one minute's worth of audio. Um, if you make mistakes, if you say things wrong, don't worry. I can edit that out for you. Super easy. You can send as many recordings as you like. Don't go nuts, though, please. I don't want to have 45 recordings of you saying the same thing over and over again, just in case anyone's got any ideas. Um, but yes, looking forward to the, the next couple of months and the future of the podcast. As I say, if you have any content or any interview suggestions, please do get in touch with us via the links I mentioned before um, or alternative on Facebook, as always. Thanks again for your support, guys, and I'll speak to you next time. <laughs>